Hello and welcome to The Ravens, a movie and TV show podcast. I'm Simon. And I'm Dom. And we are joined by special, special guest, Sarah. Sarah, how are we doing? I'm good. Excited. Well, because tonight we are going to cover, as a topic for debate, Armageddon. So hello and welcome to The Ravens, a movie and TV show podcast where it's always 10.30 at night, so it's time to grab the snacks from the sweet cupboard, move on upstairs and settle in as tonight's movie for debate is Armageddon. Dom and Sarah, we are here. Dom, how are you? I'm good. Excited for this one. How are you? I'm good. Sarah, how are you? I'm good. I do have one question. Is it really a debate? <laughs> there it's is, never a debate there is, on the films. <laughs> there is absolutely zero debate. And do you know why there's no debate on this? Because you know we all love it. Well, maybe. But also, do you know why, Dom? Why? Because for God's sakes, think about what you're doing. Why are you listening to someone that's 100,000 miles away? We're here. <laughs> Nobody down there can help us. So if we don't get this job done, everybody's gone. One minute. I've been drilling the holes in the earth for 30 years, and I've never, never missed the depth that I've aimed for. Him. By God, I'm not going to miss this one. I will make 800 feet. 42 seconds. I can't do it alone, Colonel. I need your help. Do you swear on my daughter's life, on my family's, that you can hit that mark? I will make 800 feet. I swear to God I will. <laughs> then let's turn this bomb off. You could just release the whole movie audio and we wouldn't have to be doing the podcast. <laughs> For God's sakes, think about what you're doing. Why are you listening to someone that's 100,000 miles away? We're here. Nobody down there can help us. So if we don't get this job done, then everybody's gone. One minute. I've been drilling holes in the earth for 30 years, and I have never, never missed a depth that I have aimed for. And by God, I am not going to miss this one. I will make 800 feet. 42 seconds. But I can't do it alone, Colonel. I need your help. You swear on your daughter's life, on my family's, that you can hit that mark. I will make 800 feet. I swear to God I will. And let's turn this bomb off. Well, first question, Sarah, is it the red wire or the blue wire? whatever's going to turn off the nuclear bomb. I watched it yesterday. I don't even remember. Blue. I was too busy crying the whole time. <gasps> crying. 
Crying. Interesting. We were just talking about crying. I've seen crying. it 30 times. I know what happens. Still crying. So we were talking about crying and and we just covered My Cousin Vinny. And, and we, we mentioned, Simon mentioned crying. He got emotional at a, a, a certain stage of the film. In and My Cousin Vinny? Exactly my reaction as well. And he called me out and called me all sorts of names and t- told me I'm a horrendous human being and all sorts of horrible things like he does. But. I said, when we get to this podcast, I want to call out the points where he would have cried because I think there's probably a couple. Now, I've got a little tale about this story. When I was at university in my first year and second year, I used to live with someone who watched this film quite a lot before they went to bed and they cried at the same point every time and I just didn't understand it. And then me and Simon started doing this podcast and he does the same thing and i just don't understand it but i get it i understand people have souls and emotions and things and it's you know if anything it's just holding you back um you're the problem here that let that be known (laughs) the main crying point is it when he gives the toy ship to the to the kid or like leaves it like that scene that moment well, that's a crying point, but the main crying point is is you look after my daughter now. That's your job. That's the main crying point. He sacrificed really? himself. Yeah, or when he pulls his air supply and he's and you're like, okay, he's gonna do it himself. Yeah, completely. <laughs> or or even, I mean, there's so many crying points. Also, the points where um, they're going away on wait is it the freedom or independence one of them the one that's leaving the asteroid the meteor or whatever and bruce willis is trying to click the nuke but it's been knocked around and then his friend that's like his most loyal friend i think his name's is it chick chick Chick? yeah and he's just like harry doesn't know how to fail i mean the tears just keep going you keep going there's so many things even at the end when Truman, Billy Bob Thornton is shaking Liv Tider's hand. It's like, I want to shake the hand of the daughter of the bravest man I've ever known. I mean, 800 feet. Dom, there is barely a point in this movie where your face should be dry. You are the problem. I you have a psychosis. I think you need to see a professional. I don't want to call you out for making a mistake, but you, you just... It was the colonel. Yeah. It was the colonel that shakes the hand, not Who Truman. did? Who did I say? Oh, no, he gives Truman the patch. I give Truman yeah. the patch. All right. I was getting animated and two glasses of wine <laughs> in. Yeah. It's two glasses of wine. Yeah, I saw the bottle was with you. Cheeky. <laughs> <laughs> back to back. It's a double feature <laughs> night. Well, okay, let's, let's stick on track because there's two and a half hours of Michael Bay that we need to go through and the camera, <laughs> the camera does not stop moving. It yeah. doesn't stop moving. Lots of slow motion American flags in the wind. There's a lot to go through. <laughs> Let's start with you, Sarah, as as the guest, though. I mean, really, you know, you're more of the colonel on here than I am. But what is your history with Armageddon? Can you remember the first time you saw it and how come it's become such a, you know, a stay in your life? I saw it in the movie theater because I'm a little older than the two of you. Um... I was working at a talk show when it came out and Ben Affleck came on to talk about what? it. What? I'm, I don't, I think Liv Tyler might've come to, I don't think Bruce Willis came. Um, but I had seen it before they came on to talk about it. Um, 
I don't know. I we went. I think I might have seen it twice in the movie theater. It was like I went to see it and I loved it, and I went back again. And I know Deep Impact came out around the same time, so they were always compared to each other. I just thought this one was better. Plus, Ben Affleck's in it. Okay, so you're a Ben Affleck fan. Oh, I was. Back in the day. <laughs> okay. Back in the Armageddon day. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, because, I mean, his, uh, the the director's commentary on Armageddon is infamous. Uh, in fact, I bought, there's a, a, I forget what it's called. It's called, like, someone will get me in the comments for this, I'm sure, somewhere. I think it's called, like, the Critation version. Oh, Criterion. The Criterion, Criterion yeah. version. How did you know that? I think I might have it. Yes. <laughs> Sarah, yes. So I bought that about a year ago um, just to get the DVD commentary on it because it's like a double disc of all the double feet with all the features on it. And you can't, it's not on the director's commentary, it's not on the Blu ray, it's like only on this DVD version. I got it for like, I had to pay like £30 for it or something, which is considerable for like a DVD that came out, you know, a while ago. But of course, no problem. Need it, and I listen to it, and it's so good because there's part, there's a part in it where Pen Affleck basically says, "So there was a point where I turned to Michael Bay and said, wouldn't it have been easier to just train astronauts to drill rather than training <laughs> drill, you know, people that drill to be astronauts?" I mean, he said, Michael just turned to me and said, "Shut the fuck up, Ben." <laughs> <laughs> That was their conversation. So, yeah, I mean, anyone that hasn't listened to it, it's a really good director's commentary because it's done a little bit differently from other commentaries that I've listened to where they literally have all of the cast on, but they're, they've they uh, filmed their audio separately. So there will just be like, if there's a scene that Ben Affleck's in, it will just be him talking about that scene. Then it will flip to like a scene that Bruce Willis is in and he'll be talking about that scene where with some of the other commentaries, it's like you've got like eight people in a recording booth all kind of talking at the same time there's a little bit more uh structured which i think is really good but sorry dom going off track but i just know that we've only got a certain amount of time to talk about all these wonderful things to do with this perfect movie so dom what is your history what do you remember about the first time watching it and how much have you watched it over the years since it's been released well, I certainly think that you two have more of an affinity to this film than I do. Uh, I think to me, this is classic. This is Michael Bay at his like, height. You know, this is classic. Throw the camera around. Pretty much everything you touch explodes. You know, yeah. we were we were one step away from a Decepticon appearing and, you know, fucking things up a little bit more or, you know, a turtle appearing, you know, or something out of sewer. So, it, you know, it was just classic Michael Bay. Uh, for me, I actually don't remember the first time I watched it. I say this probably every time we do a film. It was almost certainly with you. I've watched this a number of times with you. I've seen this quite a few times, uh, like at home as well. And if it's on TV, again, it's not a film I kind of sway to. It's not one that I would go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go watch Armageddon today, or you know, I'd pick out. Uh, prior to watching it today, uh, <laughs> like two and a bit hours before this podcast, about three hours before the podcast, I put it on to watch it. And um, hence why I remembered what colour wire it was. Otherwise, I would have forgotten as well. Um, and uh, there were lots that I'd forgotten. One, I'd forgotten how young Ben Affleck was when he was in this. I'd totally forgotten Billy Bob Thornton was in it. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's one that isn't always on my radar, but is very like entertaining film to watch. 
and I'll say it at the the top, kind of the top of the podcast where we are now. In terms of disaster movie, I think it's the best one. Hell yes! What a statement! Swing it from the <laughs> gates, yes. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. I never really considered it uh, in that kind of vein. I mean, what other disaster movies are there? I mean, there's tons. Volcano, Deep Impact, The Day After Tomorrow, uh, 2012. 2012. 2012 was... so shit. Yeah, and that was the first movie that F and I watched in the cinema together. And, uh, you know, it's like right at the big... I won't go into it. It was like right at the beginning <laughs> of our like relationship, and it was like, oh great, it's a terrible movie, so we can just like make out for the movie. You know, young. <laughs> it was a long time ago, but it was like, yeah, perfect. We don't need to watch this. John Cusack's doing whatever. Who cares? But <laughs> nothing against John Cusack. He's in one of my other favorite movies, Con Air, which we covered many moons ago. Um, but my history with it, I remember watching it in the cinema as well. With this is certainly one that I saw with my dad. And I remember loving it, and it was particularly because the cast was so recognisable to me, particularly at that point, or Bruce Willis, who I loved from from Die Hard, uh, of course, and lots of other movies. Uh, Steve Buscemi, who I loved from Con Air, who in both movies is playing these kind of like differently wired off-the-wall characters. I mean, very different, obviously, to each other, but these kind of like outlandish characters um uh, obviously i loved the the song that went with it the aerosmith song uh, i also was a big fan of ben affleck i really liked him um as well i mean i've continued to like him to to be real um in the movies that he's been in um yeah i just i've always held it close and it's always been one like your like you were saying your friend at university it's one that i could just watch all of the time it's one that i uh will listen to when like just the audio while like cleaning the house or walking Luna or whatever, it's just comforting um, in so many ways. I love how uh, everything is like so turned to a hundred miles an hour all of the time and the NASA engineers and everyone's running around. I don't know. It's just something comforting and very nineties about it. And then when we started the podcast uh, and I started like, an instagram page it was the first time i'd been on social media for about 10 years i got rid of facebook like many many years before and one of the first things i put up was my favorite speech from that we will talk about later of the what i quoted at the beginning of i'll make 800 feet i swear to god i will and sarah we had just uh just met just recently before that and you reached out and said oh you know i've got some armageddon things and you sent them to me, one of them being this jacket, which is like a prized possession, which is so cool because it's got like the roughnecks patch on it and uh, it's got the embroidered, like the Armageddon logo on it. I love it. It's so cool. Um, and it's got the cool like orange. Into- I-, I love it. It's an awesome bomber jacket. And then you also gave me the press packet as well, which I've, I've got in there. It's so cool, but it was so kind. Um, and I know I say this all of the time, but it's really one of the joys of our podcast to be able uh, to, you know, make friendships like this and to have this shared love of what really is just like a silly movie like this. So it's also, when I think of Armageddon, I also think of that and your kindness as well. So it's a movie that spanned, you know, a couple of decades and means many different things. 
I knew that neither of you would talk. I knew that that's what was going to happen. You were talking like more directly to Sarah. So I was like, I know, but I knew what you wanted to do. You're very welcome. I'm glad it's getting enjoyed. They're not collecting dust in my closet. <laughs> it definitely, definitely is. Well, I think it still had the tags on it when I sent it. It did. It yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. I love it. It's awesome. It's very short on me because I'm like 6'2", um, but that doesn't stop me. It won't stop me. I mean, it's like the right size and everything, but I think those bomber jackets are meant to be quite like short. Short, yeah. yeah. Um, but I love it. It's perfect. Perfect. I've also got your. I've also got the Drew Gilet here, which I wear all the time. But my wardrobe is just becoming the things that I. I just ship you stuff from New York. <laughs> yeah, Dom says that I bully you into it, but Dom's just Dom's just hating. Dom, you let me know what you want, and I'll go through the closet. Uh, whatever you've got, I'll take it. <laughs> I'm quite happy with the pen you sent. <laughs> I, I like the, the pen. Got that here too. My... I love it. Yeah, it's the best. <laughs> Well, okay, so let's so let's talk about it. So I think you're right, Dom. I think it is just the best disaster movie. Um, and I mean, it really. I remember when Deep Impact came out at the same time, and F loves that movie. It'd actually be really interesting for the three of us because we've covered this to also cover that in a separate episode to see what the differences are. Because I can't really remember much about it apart from Elijah Wood was in it. Yeah, I definitely know this one way better than Deep Impact. I've seen I, I this whenever it's on TV, I'll stop and watch it. Deep Impact, I'm like, I probably haven't seen it in a good 15 years. Well, Deep Impact, it hits, doesn't it? So yeah, she's I know she's standing on the beach at the end with her dad. With her dad, the, yeah. The wave comes, yeah. Yeah. So they don't do enough, is what I'd say. <laughs> they, they, they didn't have Bruce Willis. They didn't have Harry Stamper to go sort it out. But it, yeah. it's also like when those two movies came out. I know one was called. One called like White House Down, and one was like Olympus Has Fallen, or something like that. And they were basically the same movie, and they came out at the same time. One was with Gerard Butler, and one was with um, Channing Tatum. And so I think sometimes that just happens, right? When different studios have a similar thing. Well, I heard, I read I actually was doing some research yesterday, and I read something that said that the Deep Impact script was um, uh, was they met with Disney and like told them the whole plot line and then disney was like oh we should do something like that and they came up with armageddon <laughs> so they sort of they stole the whole asteroid part obviously the oil drillers was something completely different but um yeah so pretty much disney stole the idea from whoever wrote deep impact i think when it comes to disaster films it's difficult to think of something different scenarios different yeah that's going to destroy the earth that's going to have so much literally impact that that's going to destroy the earth so an asteroid hurtling towards you and sending some sort of nuclear device to to, to destroy it is kind of the go-to thing isn't it yeah and and what's really uh kind of not off-putting but kind of funny when i was watching it on this viewing thinking oh i'm going to be talking about this which is different from when you're just watching it for just you know you've personal enjoyment was the the narration at the beginning that was like an asteroid once destroyed the dinosaurs da, 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 da. that hit me also that and all the shots i was i guess i was more intently watching it but even like seeing the i watched it on um on like hbo max so it was the original but like even seeing the twin towers there mm-hmm. and like hit and you're just like and then i was like wait what year was this because I didn't realize it was earlier than 9-11. So I was like, oh, my God. 
Yeah, yeah, that I, I noticed that as well. Yeah, because I think this came out in '98, so 98, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, and then the narration's like, and it, and it's gonna happen again. And it's like, but no point in the rest of the film is there narration like that. So it was very much like a random plot device. But can, can we talk about Michael Bay? Because I know that Michael Bay has this reputation for exactly what Armageddon is. The camera is always moving. It's quick pans and some slow motion shots of American flags, and it's all about. Uh, you know, there's uh, it's always a hero story, that kind of thing. What put him on the map? Like, was was it this that put him on on the map, or what kind of launched him into being Michael Bay? I know, obviously, we know about Transformers and all of that stuff that came afterwards. But what was his arrival? That's a great question, but I I would have thought he would have done stuff long before this. Let's have a look. I'll, I'll just look quickly. Let's see what his first kind of foray into foray the cinematic into arts. Yeah. Well, while Dom's doing that, let's talk about Bruce Willis. I mean, what just a legend and an icon. <laughs> I mean, Sarah, I assume you've loved Bruce Willis as much for as long and as much as we yes. do. Huge, huge diehard fan. Yes. Okay. Diehard one. Well, yeah. Not two. Of course. Three. Uh, has he Ooh. ever been on any of the like the shows or anything that you've produced? Have you ever like crossed paths? I I feel like not. I don't. I would have remembered. Because that was all. That was all before I started working. Like all his big, big, big stuff. Pulp Fiction, Sip Sense. Well, Sip Sense was after this. So, yeah, but I don't. I wasn't working on a show that would have had him on. Mm-hmm. So, looking at his IMDb uh, under the producer uh, title heading, you're right, Simon. He only did. There's only one thing noted, uh, which was a TV movie called Occult, uh, where he was the executive producer, and then he was the producer of Armageddon, and then from there he's just like done loads of stuff. Like as Pearl Harbor was next. Ben I think he again. got a, he got a deal with Disney, and that was it. It was because yeah. a lot of those movies. It's just like a thousand Transformer films, like Purge films, just loads of stuff, loads of stuff on there. Like, but yeah, Armageddon was like the first one. Yeah, there good you call. go. So and and so you got to appreciate that that he has some he has a unique style, uh, and I know it's not for everyone, but at least it's different and something something different and. I've seen like I've listened to interviews with Ben Affleck saying about how you know he'd gone from like Goodwill Hunting which was obviously like a massive like arrival onto the scene but you know these are sort of like low budget movies and this was his first entry into like a massive blockbuster movie and it really like the effects and things really do hold up I mean when you're looking at it obviously we're looking at something that was uh, filmed in the late 90s and some of it you can see like miniatures and, and things like that but on the whole I think it looks really good. I mean, what did you guys think of of how the effects held up? I I agree. I completely agree that they held up. Yeah, um, I think the same. I, I think there's 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 moments there's moments where they're in the shuttle, and the the the, the view through the window, like the front, is a bit like oh, we can see there's a bit of green screen there. But other than that, everything else pretty much holds up. It's pretty, you know, decent live action, 
you can tell they're they're like sets on sound stages for a lot of it you know when obviously when they're on the asteroid and stuff's being like blowing up and and things when the other the other ship crashes um yeah it's just i think it's i think it's really good i think it all holds up and and it's the thing is with films like this is not it's not set in a future that requires you to have weird technology and stuff it's mm-hmm. kind of present day isn't it so even now like space shuttles will have all the same shit that they were using then so it's not too far away from anything and, and the, like the additional effects of the ships flying around okay there's a bit of like um creative license there but actually it's it's pretty good it's pretty entertaining one thing i will say is um i just noticed that so what one thing that i've always thought about the jj abrams star trek films is that they've got a michael bay feel to them and i've just noticed that jj abrams has a writing credit on this one which i didn't which i didn't know so i wonder if there's that like kind of connection and and the the reason like abrams does things a certain way is is because they've influenced each other maybe but yeah I noticed that as well for the first time, like on the opening credits. It was like, oh, J.J. Abrams, because... And you'll you'll soon see, Dom, when we get to Lost. But, of course, he <laughs> did the first, like, couple... He wrote, like, the first couple episodes or, like, the treatment or whatever for Lost before Damon Lindelof uh, took over or continued with it. Um, so he had an impact on that as well. So, yeah, I didn't realise J.J. Abrams was active from that far back. Mm. same but yeah i mean the cast is absolutely insane and i actually think (laughs) maybe the best way to cover this would be to do it a little bit differently and if we well more similar to how we do it with one tree hill rather than how we usually do it with movies and if dom if you could give your perfect succinct maybe two minute three minute version of what happens in the movie of just an overview and then let's take it character by character and just talk about them because we've got so many people to talk about owen wilson uh michael clark duncan bruce willis steve buscemi Liv tyler eddie griffin's in it for a bit you know there's like so many people to talk about um i think that would take up more time and i think we will we, i think everyone listening firstly if anyone's listening and hasn't watched armageddon in a while in the uk it's streaming on disney plus sarah you said you watched it on hbo max yep does that mean it's not on disney plus there also no i could it was like you could buy it on amazon prime but it was free on uh, max excellent okay dom you obviously watched it on disney or did you use your dodgy website (laughs) it's not my website and i watched it on disney excellent and i (laughs) recommend people getting the you say it's the criterion version yeah i actually have it i just was too lazy to go get it so i just watched it on hbo (laughs) (laughs) my husband's like it's right downstairs on dvd i'm like "Eh, i'll just watch it i'm here now you know (laughs) Well, if you want to hear the DVD commentary, go go find it there. I'm sure you could probably find it somewhere online, but it's definitely worth listening to. You can listen to it like it's a podcast, and it's uh, yeah, it's beautiful. The Dom hit us with a general synopsis and um, flow of what actually happens in this movie. Well, we have a huge asteroid hurtling towards towards Earth, uh, and uh, we find out that it's roughly about the size of Texas. Um, and 
NASA are devising or working on a way of, you know, destroying it or pushing it off trajectory so it doesn't kind of destroy the planet as we know it. And uh, all the NASA experts and stuff, including Billy Bob Thornton, kind of asked, like, what would be the effect if it hits? And it's just like total annihilation. Everyone will die. So we need to do something pretty, pretty quick. Um, We jump around with ideas. There's a lot of things floating around, lots of, you know, people a bit panicky about it but they're not sharing it with the world yet let's like keep this under wraps because we want to try and deal with this without it becoming a uh you know creating panic and riots and you know like religious kind of corners of the earth will start thinking that this is the end of the world and so on and so forth which i mean it is but um yeah they didn't want to create unnecessary panic um and then nasa decide that um you know, drilling a big old hole in it and shoving a nuclear device down, it would would help if we actually split the thing in half and it will go either side of the Earth. How deep is that hole? It's got to be 800 feet. And will you make that depth? I will make 800 feet. (laughs) Who are you going to swear to for it? Sarah? I swear to God. (laughs) On my daughter's life. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god so, William Fickner I can't wait to talk about him he's the best <laughs> he's the best and Dom is in prison break he's in prison break Sarah have you seen prison break I have not oh my god you'll watch it with us when we cover it though right sure I, I need some new shows oh man he's in it and he's perfect in it I can't wait sorry Dom <laughs> sorry Dom keep going Well, then we jump to an oil rig that has all these, like a mixed bunch of lunatics on it, uh, including (laughs) Bruce Willis, who's in in charge of it. He mentions at one point uh, putting in $8 million of his own money. So this guy's got, this guy's got cash, but he does, you know, dig for oil uh, for a living. So some kind of oil baron decides that he's going to shoot Ben Affleck because he's sleeping with his daughter, but you know, <laughs> it's Liv Tyler. So these things happen. Wait, um, wait, Dom, when he was hitting the golf balls at the protesters, oh, I was like, this is so Dom. This is so Dom. <laughs> and when he's like saying, do you know how much oil that boat's like chugging out? And it's just hitting them with golf balls. Funny enough, I'd forgotten that line completely. And I said like, they're on this huge boat that will be, pumping out so many fumes and then he said it and i was like oh there you go <laughs> that that seals it doesn't it but that's a great moment he's like i doesn't he pledge 50 dollars a year to them or something like that he said as well yeah more I'm than sure that. He I that. like thousands isn't it oh yeah. is it oh, okay oh, I, I missed like misheard that then but yeah anyway they're, they're on this oil rig they then get pulled in by nasa to to essentially take on this this mission um and there's a lot of things that happen here and in between but they're essentially trained sent to space land on the asteroid destroy the asteroid save the earth yeah and and, i mean in between that they've got a re you know they basically got to stop and gas up the the old uh spaceship with a russian crazy russian (laughs) (laughs) that you know all of this stuff is you know current political climate taking out of it you know is uh is hilarious and and is played by peter stormore who is also in prison break i mean you saw him didn't you when we covered the first few episodes do you not remember yeah yeah yeah. he's like the sort of mafia guy in uh prison break he's also perfect in it he's a great actor um but yeah we'll talk about all of that okay so let's let's talk about 
the characters and then we can kind of talk about some of their journey and any particular you know highlights so should we should we start with the main guy with bruce oh i don't know it's too sad maybe let's start with some owen wilson is in this movie sarah owen wilson yeah it was like one of his first movies and he's great in it and he is playing owen wilson i mean he's he's basically him he just uh, did he say wow at any point right up probably that's a big asteroid wow <laughs> well sarah what do you what did you think of him in this um well he was a newcomer so i didn't really know who he was i feel like i knew he was luke wilson's brother so i was and and he was you know his character was he wasn't one of the big characters but he was in there I, he was good so when he when they introduced him they had to like chase him down on a horse yes because they have to they have, they have to find all these guys because they're not on the rig anymore yeah yeah, yeah. um so I, I thought it was funny because none of them really knew why they were being brought in so it was kind of like oh what did you do wrong that the fbi or whatever is coming to get you yeah yeah i love that too and i love i love his line dom with uh we're not even in outer space yet <laughs> <laughs> you know, still yeah. in like inner space. Well, what did you think of him, Dom? Uh, I thought, yeah, he was kind of like quintessential Owen Wilson, wasn't he? I, I've forgotten again, haven't seen it in a long time, forgot he was in it completely. But he had a good kind of decent sized part uh, for the film, sadly does, you know, meet his meet his maker on the asteroid. But he, um, I really liked the bit where he's being strapped into the chair and he's kind of like, I, I'm, I'm excited, but I'm like, I'm scared as well. And I'm like a bit of both. I think I'm 98% excited, 2% scared. Or maybe I'm 98% scared, 2% excited. But you just don't know because it's so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> that moment was really, really decent. But I, I'd forgotten he, he was in it. I, and sadly forgotten that he died as well. But he, he, um, he has he has some really good moments and he's he's quite entertaining. But yeah, it's good it's good fun. He's a good laugh. Definitely. What do you what do you what do you make of his his character and his well, role within I mean, within the group? I love him and I love this movie. But I love Owen Wilson in general. So when I was younger, um, and Dom, you may know from you'd know from maybe life and pictures, and some people may know from pictures. But when I was in like my late teens, early twenties, I had very long owen wilson type sort of surfer hair and at one point when i was probably only like 24 25 i wanted to grow my hair back and anyone knows that when you are trying to grow your hair out there's that middle stage where it looks like trash and it's like what are you doing do you have a mullet what is going on and i actually made owen wilson the wallpaper on my phone because he was like my hair goals to remind myself don't give up on this middle section keep going be Owen Wilson and I did successfully grow my hair back and had that kind of look for maybe like a year or so but maybe it's like I think I was in Thailand at the time 2014 how old were we in 2014 Dom 10 years Uh, ago how old are we now (laughs) so I was like 27 27 so yeah that was right. the last time i had long hair and now i'm desperate to just do it i'm just i'm just happy to have hair at this point so <laughs> you know but yes oh and i love the point when the part where he's saying 
basically the worst possible conditions imaginable. That's all you had to say. The worst possible conditions. <laughs> that's all it needed. Yeah, that's all you needed. Sarah, wait, let's go to Dom, actually. I came to you first last time. Let's flip it, and then we'll come back to you. Flip, reverse it, Blazing Squad. Dom, talk to us about Steve Buscemi. Uh, he's like the perfect lunatic, isn't he? Um, he has space dementia at one point, but I think every, everything like on the build up to it is that he's like intelligent, but also a bit creepy. You know, he's the one that, that took, um, I was going to say live, but grace to buy her first, you know, tampons or whatever. And he's like, I, I, I you know, I didn't show her what to do. Like it just, you know, explain things and. But he's like, yeah, I'm gonna go and go to this, see this loan shark and get loads of money and and you know go to like a strip club and just blow all this money and uh, before we go to space because I'm pretty convinced we're gonna die because this is just insane. But he plays like incredibly intelligent, but incredibly disturbed human beings quite a lot of the time. But um, he just does it so well. He's just he's just got that face for being a nutter, hasn't he? And and just. I, I I enjoy watching him. I think he's he's very funny and and does it really well. But does like I'm panicking, I'm terrified, but I'm going to make you laugh about it at the same time, kind of thing. So yeah, I, I enjoy him. And, and when he has his space dementia, I actually looked up space dementia, and apparently it's like a theoretical thing. It might not necessarily it's not necessarily a a true thing, but it's like um, theoretically somebody could go a bit crazy in space because of like loneliness so they get sad and depressed and stuff but he went all kinds of crazy with the like machine gun thing <laughs> they had and was just going all, all kinds of nuts and when he's taped to the chair it's brilliant and um yeah when they're like i'll draw straws and it's just like we don't trust you enough to, to pick a straw you're not you can't be involved but yeah i thought it was great yeah. Or when he's riding the nuclear the nuclear warhead, oh. get off the nuclear warhead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what a great line. There's so many great lines throughout the whole thing. I actually wrote I know like we I'd messaged time was like, oh, should I be making notes? What should we be doing? He's like, no, it'd be a free free flying conversation, it'd be nice. And I was like, I'm gonna have to write a couple of lines down because they're they're pretty good. <laughs> I use I use no nukes all the time. And like like <laughs> you didn't want you didn't see Armageddon, like you need to watch it. <laughs> just for that part when he's riding the nuclear warhead yeah my literally i, I wrote down you, you you probably can't see it it's like i wrote down three lines and the bottom one is get off the nuclear <laughs> warhead <laughs> which i think is fantastic it's or so when he's like do you know why we didn't we didn't land in in the whatever the grid nine it's because and he goes into the whole thing about the iron ferrite i was like oh he's so smart but so cuckoo yeah <laughs> That that is what's perfect about him because didn't he say he has like he was a he was teaching at MIT or got whatever and is like he is a genius um, and knows better than the colonel does. Um, so yeah, that is, I remember my dad particularly, and I've said this many times on the podcast. It was like when I was a child and still like idolized my dad. So anyone that he paid particular attention to or like laughed at. I was like more invested into and I remember my dad loving him in this and as well as in Conair. Sarah, do you love Conair as well? I feel like you have to. I don't think I saw I've never seen the full movie. Oh my <laughs> god, Sarah, you would love it. I know I have to I have to see it. I have to watch it. Oh my god. I Dom, I almost Could... want to cover it again. We can do it again. Can I just can I just make one comment about um Conair Simon? Is. is that we talked we talked about so there's a, an actor called chris ellis who's in everything 
and we just covered my cousin Vinny and Chris Ellis is in my cousin Vinny. Chris Ellis is also in in this in, in Armageddon and he's also in Conair. Who is he in Conair? He's an FBI agent in Conair when when they're like doing like a prisoner transfer. This guy is in everything and you he's in all the films you love. Is in Oh my god, could we get him on the podcast? Is he still with I th- us? I'm, you can find him. <laughs> I think he's he's probably too big, shall we say? Oh, as he's still with us, there isn't a there isn't a death date. So <laughs> I that knew normally he was gonna say still, that. <laughs> that normally means they're still ticking, doesn't it? So yeah, let's well, let me. I'll I'll do some work. I'll see what I can do. Dom's see gonna make this happen. It feels like it has to happen. Um, <laughs> okay, so Sarah, Steve Buscemi. Yep, you love him. Um, love him. Do you love him in every in in other things as well, like outside of all the Adam Sandler movies that he's in? Yeah, oh my god, do you love that? I think we've had this before. Do you love Adam Sandler movies as well? I mean, yeah, when he did all the, um, you know, like the romantic comedy ones. I mean, I like like Big Daddy and all, pretty much everything Rob Schneider and Steve Buscemi's in with him. Mm. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Deeds is a favorite of mine as like a go to sleep movie, like a because. <laughs> This is also, I think I've said this to you before. Is it, Dom, it's either you or F, so I'm either confusing you for my <laughs> wife or not, I don't know. But <laughs> I've said, I've watched this to go to sleep, and I, it was either you or her that said, how can you watch a film like this to go to sleep that's got so many explosions in and, like, loud sound effects? But it's like it's calming. Wasn't like, me. No, because you were happy with all the shelling and, like, yeah. saving Private Ryan. <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> if anything, it's not loud enough. <laughs> okay, so that, it up. that Stevie Semi will give him a tick. He, he, just Reservoir Dogs as well. Oh, Reservoir Dogs. Doesn't Which tip. Great film. Doesn't tip. Doesn't tip. Well, it doesn't tip in certain scenarios because oh. it's a job that he could do himself. Should we cover Reservoir Dogs at some point? Sure. We haven't done a Tarantino film. Are you a Tarantino fan, Sarah? Not really. No. I mean, I've oh. seen the movies, but... But you're not, not with really. it. You're not with it. Okay. <laughs> well, okay. So where should we go next? Sarah, you you choose someone. I Michael Clark Duncan. Well, Dom, I, just, I always just assume... I mean, Dom loves like all Tom Hanks movies. So this is just what <laughs> I feel. But of course, Michael Clark Duncan is probably best known for The Green Mile, right? Which is a wonderful movie starring Tom Hanks. Uh, Sarah, did you have a did you did you like that movie? I did. He was nominated for an Oscar for that movie too. Yeah, it's great. Dom, you do love all Tom Hanks movies, that's correct. But also The Green Mile. Yeah, for the most part, Green Mile's a great film. He's uh, John Coffey, isn't he, in the in the Green Mile? Um, and he's he's great in this as well. I mean, even singing. I've got a bit of a. I had a bit of a theory about leaving on a jet plane, but it, it's wrong because Steve Buscemi sings it as well. But they leaving on a yeah, uh, leaving on a jet plane is a John Denver song. And John Denver died in a plane crash or went missing in a plane crash. So I thought maybe the ones that join in with the singing to begin with are all on the same ship because Ben Affleck starts singing it. He sings it. I think Owen Wilson sings it, but it, it's, um, but Steve Buscemi standing there. So, and he's on the other ship. So it was a, 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 a bit of a, 
reaching theory but um no he's he's great and it's like even like you know don't know when i'll be back again you know it's just <laughs> all those little things it's like it's great it's quite if he wanted quite to sleep nice. in the lincoln bedroom of the white house yeah <laughs> for, for the whole summer the summer for the yeah, summer it wasn't just it a wasn't weekend. a night it was the yeah. whole summer <laughs> i'm there for a fucking month or whatever or two it's like you know? it's like the white white horse house white house he wants to sleep in the white house <laughs> oh i love let's just talk about that moment we'll come back to michael clark now. let's just talk about that moment with their listed demands love it all like <laughs> not no taxes for their entire life yeah, definitely like though. top of the list definitely come on. no taxes a couple parking tickets do you know who shot kennedy you know like a couple <laughs> can you bring eight track tapes back like i oh it's so good what okay here's a great question I will ask both of you. So, Don, be thinking about it. Sarah, I'm putting you on the spot. What would be your Don't list? Of, what would be your list of demands for saving the planet? You can have anything. Ooh. I don't even know. We should come back to this. <laughs> we'll end. We'll end the podcast with the question. Okay, fine. <laughs> well, Dom, did you have anything? You want time also? Um, no, I, I think um, it's, it's along the same lines of, of diplomatic immunity and being able to travel freely anywhere i can go anywhere in the world i don't have to get visas or anything i can go somewhere and stay there and then i can go somewhere else and stay there i don't have to worry about that sort of thing just like a free pass to travel and you know not have to worry about paying for stuff yeah too much absolutely i think i would also be like i want all my debts paid off like I want all yeah. my debts paid off. I want all my family members' debts paid off. Like all mortgages, like loans, I want them all gone. I don't right. want to pay taxes. I like the visa thing. So I'd hopefully, I've spoken to you first, Dom. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, I want that too. I want the visa <laughs> thing. I don't want to go everywhere. And I want a DeLorean, like made to be like Back to the Future, like, and I want it running. And flying. Yes. <laughs> You're NASA. You can make that happen. I know you can make that happen. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Have you had enough time, Sarah? Do you want us to come back to you? No, not enough <laughs> no. time. Not enough time. Okay. Um, all right. So, wait, Michael Clark Duncan. Yes. Yeah, he's wonderful. And even like at the beginning when Harry's uh, uh, chasing after um, AJ, we're not leaving AJ. then. <laughs> <laughs> jumps ahead uh when he's like i'm just giving my man some time and he's got like the most ridiculously large wrench i've never seen how could i couldn't even lift that <laughs> i say what the fuck like what how he's a big guy no i know but i mean like who may what how big is like the bolt that he's moving <laughs> like, Oil rig big, yeah. <laughs> I guess, I guess, but yeah. Sadly, he does. Uh, he meets his demise, doesn't he? But his pictures there, at, doesn't he? No, he does not. No, doesn't he? He no. makes it back. Yep. No, he's in the back of the armadillo. The second yeah, he one. He comes. He comes with AJ and Lev. Yeah. But doesn't he then? He's there. Nope. Oh my gosh! Okay, it's the other the other big in guy real life he did, gets... but not in, not on Armageddon. Oh, rest, yeah. in, rest in peace. Uh, it's it's is it Max the guy that Max. wanted the eight track tapes? He, yeah, he's he, the he, one. He's he, the one who he gets blown away in the armadillo, and he goes bye, Max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. AJ yeah. Lev and Bear survive. My bad. 
my bad. Well, <laughs> let's remember him that way that he survived. Um, you know, like as in instead of real life, uh, which is sad. But yeah, okay, great. Anything else to say, Michael Clark Duncan? Nah. Apart from he's the fucking man, and what a great performance. <laughs> and it wouldn't be the movie without him. So wonderful. Uh, Dom, throw us someone. So many uh, left. Let's go for Peter Stormare, because you know why not? He's a he's a nutter as well. If you was Russian and in space, this would also be you. Basically, anyone I see in a movie or TV <laughs> show that's angry and disgruntled, I'm like, that's my friend Dom. <laughs> disgruntled was the word I was going to say. It's like anyone disgruntled is me. Like it's literally what you pick out every time. Like this miserable disgruntled human who just smacks shit to make it work he's like this is this is dom <laughs> in russia this is how we make it work <laughs> yeah. yeah he has what? my favorite line when he's like american components russian components all made in taiwan yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's such a good bit when he when he's being really polite to like uh, like like they need to get off the asteroid like we need to take off but she's fucking about like yeah. twisting knobs and stuff and he's like I, like I can do it I can fix it let me fix it I will move you <laughs> it's just like being really polite like if you don't get out of my way I will move you and then he's like just move just like launches her across the across like the little room they're in and just starts smacking it with a huge spanner as well and then it it fires up it's like there you go he's done it. And he he just wants to be a Russian hero, like even when he uh, pulls the straws or the wires or whatever, is saying that I can't not because I have to go back as a hero. I can't be, you know. Um, and yeah, he and his rapport with uh, AJ when they're in the armadillo is wonderful, <laughs> and when they're like trapped in like when they're like filling up the gas for the um independence or freedom or whatever the spaceship is and that's when we get the great line i have to when i watch it i have to go back for it when he's like we're not going about aj (laughs) just love it like yes bruce willis you're the fucking best (laughs) sorry i'm talking too much yep someone else please talk about how great peter stormare is Uh, i mean he's just like uh, i mean uh, he's in quite a lot of different things like you mentioned prison break i mean he's in minority report and even minority yes. report is only one line i could remember from minority report and it's his and it's don't scratch never scratch and that's all i can remember from that, that film like in terms of the like eyes right yeah yeah, yeah. when the eye, he's taking the eyes out and um it, he just has those like perfect lines exactly like sarah said that he's the he's just got these funny lines he's a bit of a lunatic but somehow saves the day or make things makes things okay, and he 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 has those kind of rows with like AJ, um, and, and AJ's like you're the you're the fucking like cosmonaut here, you're the astronaut, we're just fucking like oil riggers, you should know this shit, and like it's it's like a perfect argument between someone who's like, I'm 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 a hero and I'm too smart to be with you, but you, like I need you kind of thing, like I need you to do these things for me for me to be able to live which is good so i I think he's brilliant i think he's great you didn't know you needed that character until he was actually there yeah exactly exactly he's hanging off the armadillo at one point on like a wire like trying to bashing (laughs) things on the back of the armadillo (laughs) (laughs) just getting battered by rocks and things but yeah he makes it so good he's the best he's the best yeah okay well great let's tick let's tick him off can we talk about (laughs) Chick? Check? Check? Chick. 
Just chick. Short for anything? Just... Just like Sarah, is this an American thing? Like, are there guys out there just called? Chicks? I thought it was. I thought it was like his last name, and that's what they called him. Okay, all right. Okay. I, yeah. I used to work with someone called Paul Chick. Okay. So okay, let's let's go with the last name theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that. Well, he's also in a lot of movies from around this time because he basically plays the same character in Gone in sixty seconds, <laughs> which we must cover at some point. Sarah, you seen Gone in sixty seconds? Oh my gosh! What is Nicolas treat? Cage? No. I, I think Sarah's on a Nicolas Cage ban. You got a <laughs> I saw the Family Man. Oh, Family <laughs> Man! That's true. Is perfect. Well, you say you have seen Family Man. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Perfect. That's the perfect. When we cover, yeah. But the uh, that you got a perfect double feature there. Gone in sixty seconds and Con Air. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but Dom, you love Gone in sixty seconds, right? Uh, I've only seen it a couple of times. Like Con Air, I would I've seen like lots of times, but yeah, Gone in sixty seconds, no, not really. Oh my gosh, we're gonna have to cover that at some point, a hundred percent. He was also just in. Um, wait, I'm looking up his name. Will Patton. He was just in um, Yellowstone, also season four or five. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. So like he, so he pops up in Yellowstone, and I'm like, oh my god, how do I know him? I know him, and then I googled. I'm like, duh, chick from Armageddon. <laughs> you know, because it is what twenty five years later. Yeah, that's cool. He got a little older. Did he? Is he doing a good performance in it? Yeah, I mean, he's dead, but yeah. Oh, okay, shit. Yeah, okay, they, they just killed him off. <laughs> All right, but he did. He did well. It was like he's continuing to, you know, work and yeah. be successful and yeah. awesome, awesome. Because he's great in this, and he is quintessentially harry's he's harry's right hand man like there's i mean he even says it at one point right it's just like I've, i haven't turned you down in like 20 years or however long i'm not going to start you know saying no now and even that whole point of when they the bomb is going to go off and they're remote detonating it and harry's got like what, the giant fucking like pliers around william thickner's neck you know he's just stood behind him like trying to calm the other guy that's like got the gun and he has the best line when he's just like who brings a gun to space <laughs> <laughs> how is that not the best line of the movie who brings that's a gun a to space too. i actually think he one of his other lines is also is also one of the three i wrote down tell us uh, wait wait <laughs> when the bomb is armed and he goes harry the clock on that nine foot nuclear <laughs> weapon is ticking <laughs> just like it's so good it's ridiculous but yeah it's just because he's just he's like the calmest man in the world like there's a lot of shit <laughs> happening but he's just so calm like bruce willis is like i'm gonna grab you with these fucking like pliers and i'm gonna strangle you to death if you don't like help us out here and he's just like well this yeah oh, 42 <laughs> seconds yeah just still reading the time out like well, i can't do anything but I was, when I when I was reading the quote, I'm sorry to say I was reading it. I know you guys knew. I mean, Sarah, you're a professional. You know I was reading the auto cue. <laughs> but I mean, uh, I was hoping one of you was going to chime in, and because he has the point of when uh, when Harry's saying, you know, we we're, we're here. Nobody down there can help us. So if we don't get this job done everybody's gone and he goes one minute you know it's just in the background saying there's one minute left and the next bit i will make 800 feet chick 
42 seconds. <laughs> like, it's just <laughs> like, hey, man, this is a great speech, but shit is real. <laughs> <laughs> like, we will die. Yeah, he's great. I and mean, then, Sarah, what did you think of him with uh, the storyline of going to see... His wife? Yeah, his ex-wife or whatever the situation is there. Yeah, obviously, we don't know what transpired there, but she had some sort of... Uh grievance with him that he wasn't allowed to see the kid and the kid didn't even know that he was his dad and then the end was nice when he came back and he he ran to him and he sort of reunited with the wife and the he actually did something that you know made her proud i mean i mean mean, i'm sure he was like some sort of alcoholic or something and like didn't pay child support (laughs) we could just make up a whole story or he's off on all yeah he's off on oil rig all the time yeah i mean who knows but what what i did like what i liked about it was that he that whether they meant for it to be layered like this or we add our own layers because we just love it so much right um but i like that he is i mean that a lot of they're all flawed characters right they all have their flaws but he is the one that's really kind of owning up to them and trying to say hey you know I've not been good, but I've got something big coming up and maybe it's something that you'll be proud of me for. So I can't lie and say this wasn't also a crying moment. Yes, Dom, you're right. I mean, when he puts the thing down and then the kids later playing with it and it's like, yes, he's making you proud and he's trying to do a good thing. But he's also so... uh, People get on me for saying humble too much, but he's so humble with it. (laughs) So humble with it. Like in, in 2005, I was in... Uh, my mate Dave, uh, I'll call him out, my mate Dave at the time, my mate Dave's uh, uni room when we lived in the halls together and he would put that on. He was pissed, not pissed, whatever, you know, drunk. And he'd cry at that scene every single time. Every time. I'm like, how many times have you seen this film? It's like, I've seen it a lot. When you cry every time. And I was even questioning it then, like before we even thought about doing podcasts, before they were really even a thing. I was going, what, you cry at this every single, but you watch it like a lot. And he's like, yeah, but like, why do you cry it all the time then? And he, he yeah, he used to say that he, he, it was something like it made him think of his dad. I knew you was going to say like, that. I was going to yeah. say, but what if it hits a chord, it's because there's a reason. There's, there's yeah, something I, with his dad or something, not to speak on him. I don't know him, but you know, well, there's. So, what, so I used to dig deep. I used to ask and like dig deep. It's like, oh, okay, so have you got like a, a bit of a distant relationship with your dad is it is it different you know like i don't want to pry but this that and everything oh no no me and my dad got really well we, you know, like was it, like his relationship with his dad is like you with your dad mm-hmm. it's no different but it makes him cry every time because it makes him think of his dad it's like oh, okay fair enough but that that i mean that's what it is i mean for me it makes me cry because i feel like um i feel like that like i feel flawed and so i feel like i want to try and make people proud you know it's not like necessary with like my dad and that's the thing with movies is everyone can relate to them in different ways um and if it hits um yeah sometimes you whether you recognize it consciously or subconsciously it's about connecting to the story and it's somehow relating to yourself i mean selfishly that's how we all kind of operate right like sarah wait so sarah you cry at this movie right at the end yeah okay so but there must be some there's a like yes there's like the base level of it's sad but also on a deeper level it must connect in some way right i'm not saying you have to tell us why but do do you feel that or you say or do you think it's just on the base level no i I think you know obviously 
you know, Bruce Willis is giving up his life and leaving his child. So, you know, it, it's a whole parent, you know, child thing also. Right. So, I mean, when before you as a parent, would you have been as upset? Do you think maybe the... Well, yeah, I mean, I saw the movie, I, you know, 11 years before my son was born. So, yeah, it affected me then yeah, also. Still. But do you think yeah. maybe at that point it's like you're thinking about it before you are I'm a sorry, parent? I'm not a parent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, before you're a parent, you're thinking about it as if it was your parent. And then when you're the parent, you're thinking about it as if it was you to the child. Correct, yeah. I'm wired so fucking differently from people. It's, it's it's starting to become a bit alarming because, yes, it's a tender moment. I just don't see that at all. Like, obviously, I'm, I'm not a parent, so I'm not going to have those emotions, you know, yet. But even from seeing it the other way, like, as a child, like, oh, my God, my dad sacrificed himself to save you. Couldn't give a shit. You'd be, you'd be <laughs> like, Dad, yeah, get the fuck in there. What are you doing? Just, I'm younger than go. you. I've got more life to live. Yeah. Crawl in the hole and press the button when we're gone. (laughs) (laughs) Don't forget to press that fucking button. I swear to God, if William Fickner has to turn this around, I'm going to be so (laughs) so so fucking angry. (laughs) I don't know. I did, but you know, but okay. I (laughs) there's too much psychological issues to dive into because you You would do another podcast on that. If the movie was made now, there would have been more women in space. That's a great point. There was one woman. I was in watching. Space. Yeah, I was watching, and I know her from other movies also, Jessica Steen. But I was like, she's the only one that's there, and she's like the pilot who barely has lines and gets thrown oh, about by Peter Stormare. <laughs> yeah, it's the same for like NASA as well. Like in in that yeah. room, there's just men. It was interesting. How it yeah, was other than Liv Tyler. Apologies, but she's the only. Yeah, but she woman. didn't work there. She was just there yeah. by. <laughs> They're by association. That's true. <laughs> That's my family up there. Yeah, just to throw those out. But Dom, you were you were so you were sensitive as a child. So I think there's something oh, there. Very, yeah. Like I, I think I, I think I've said this before on another podcast. I think I cried everything out when I was a kid. Like I I cried a lot. Yeah. And maybe 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 I'm just running on empty now. No, it, I don't think that's what it is. I think it's that uh I think that you felt like you had to harden up or something because of feeling maybe too sensitive or what, not saying that you was, but maybe, uh, I was. well, I was drawn to you. So it's okay. You know, I loved you <laughs> then. I love you now, but I'm saying maybe there's like an overcompensation. Then over the time that compensation turned to concrete and now it's impenetrable. It's impenetrable. Um, <laughs> I think, a, I think a trained professional can crack you, Dom. <laughs> I think that's my, my, my soul is made out of whatever that asteroid is made out of. And I need someone with a... There we go. I need someone with a big drill to get 800 feet (laughs) into my soul. But you're actually not. Like, we play this on the podcast, but you send me lots of lovely messages that are emotional and nice and stuff. I mean, uh, like, as do I to you. But, I mean, you actually aren't heartless at all. You just don't cry at movies, and I think that's okay. It's more fun to to play the totally soulless, heartless card. So yeah, okay, <laughs> good. Well, okay, so that's Chick. Anything else to say on him? Just he's a bit of a hero as well, isn't he? Really, he's decent, loyal. I like I, I, I like his character. Yeah, he's that he is that perfect right hand man. But also, he he gets he gets through to 
um, Harry. He, he's the one that's like, you got to trust AJ. You got to let AJ do these things because he, he's your best man. He's the, he's the he's the best guy for the job. So he's the he's the convincer as well. Okay, so that's a good segue. Let's go to Liv Tyler, whose name is don't say it. Oh my god. Oh my god. Grace, yes, Grace, Grace, Grace. Okay, so there was the part where Ben Affleck is doing the um, like animal crackers. The, <laughs> yeah, that exact part. The oh, Steve, the Steve Irwin narration of the animal crackers, right? And I was like, I don't. What rating was this? A PG, a twelve? Like they're different in the UK. What? I'm gonna look. I don't so know. I thought, PG, PG was it not? I don't know. Probably like a I PG. Don't I don't know. There's a couple. Is there any f bombs in it? Is there any swearing? So. Is there any swearing in it? Oh, there's a strip club. But I mean, like clothed women, but not like, <laughs> you know. Okay. It was. Oh, it says. PG thirteen. It's only given me US. I thought it was PG thirteen. It contains mildling amounts of language. Language and, and sensuality. And some sexual situations, but the main concern is the intensity of the violence. Is that Bruce Willis like clamping the dude's neck? <laughs> it must be, yeah. Turn this fucking bomb off. Um well <laughs> that's right i just have to say that's in a in a section that says you know parents need to know and you know the people ask section at google the question was is armageddon suitable for 10 year old <laughs> <laughs> well this came out in 98 so we were watching it when we were 11 um <laughs> and loving okay. it uh, okay so wait hang on i've got lost oh right live tyler right they're doing they're doing the animal cracker thing and I was watching it. I've just watched it again, like we were saying. We're watching it more intently for knowing we're going to talk about it. And we're watching it, and I was like, okay, yeah, he's sort of like gone up on the breast here. And I was like, I had a pre- I had like a premonition. I was like, does he like tuck it under her underwear? I was like, no, he doesn't. He's not doing that. And I was like, fucking, yes, he does. Little tuck underneath. I was like, Jesus, is this edible now? <laughs> like, I, don't, I, don't, I was just like, what the... Hence the rating. Right. Just a little. <laughs> <laughs> if, if I tried to do that to Ethne, she'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Get but, crumbs in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so Liv Tyler is important to this film. I mean, I'm, I don't know this as facts, but I'm pretty sure that her being in this must have brought Aerosmith on to doing the soundtrack. And we can't talk about this film without talking about the song because the song is so successful i mean i listen to smooth now which is like a when i'm in the car which is a, a radio station here in the uk that pretty much just only plays like 80s and 90s kind of like ballads right dom smooth radio <laughs> it's literally that isn't it? it welcome to smooth it's just everything is calm and hey and now some Marvin Gaye. <laughs> yeah, it's just calm. And, uh, but they always, Aerosmith, this song is always on there all of the time. It's Sarah, did you love this song? Do you love this song? I do. I did. And I still do. How could you not? How could you not? Dom, do you love it? You hate, oh my God, you don't like it. You don't like Steven Tyler's massive mouth. 
I don't like Aerosmith at all. They drive me nuts. None of it. What? I just don't. Not like... an elevator. Janie's got a gun. Anything. <laughs> Any Dude, it's it. like a lady, Any Mrs. It. Doubtfire. Even their <laughs> even their cover of Come Together by the Beatles. I, I just don't like. Why? I just don't like Aerosmith at all. Why? Just can't stand them. I just really don't like them, and I really don't like. It's Steven Tyler's lips, isn't it? <laughs> it's his massive yeah, mouth. It's exactly. his massive mouth. <laughs> I just, yeah, I just don't like them. I just then just not on my list of groups I would ever listen to. Whenever they come on the radio, I'm like, skip, just move on. Just not interested in listening to it at all. I just don't like. It. I knew this would come up. I knew this would be a, a controversial moment. You know, <laughs> I really like the film. I hated the music. <laughs> Because Aerosmith had a couple songs throughout the film. They're, they're, they they were like the whole soundtrack, pretty much. Um, except for Leaving on Jet Plane, which is like the best song in the film. <laughs> I, I just don't like them at all, not like one bit. And I've got like a couple of friends that, that really like Aerosmith and they're like, ah, how can you not like it? Well, like, what about, you know, don't want to miss a thing and all that. I just, no, it's the, the worst one of all of their songs. Walk this way, even that. Just yeah, terrible. Just terrible. Even with Run DMC, terrible. <laughs> Sarah, how do you feel about Aerosmith? I'm a big hair band uh, groupie <laughs> from the '80s and early '90s, so they were they were in my top five. And they're I mean, in... they might have been number five, but they were definitely in the top five. <laughs> they're up there. They're, <laughs> they're, up... they're there. They're in one of the best episodes of The Simpsons with Flaming Moe. It's like one of the most classic episodes, and they come and play in there. But okay, well, Sarah, what did you think of Liv Tyler in this? And she is basically playing the emotion of "There's my dad and my fiance." I enjoyed her. I mean, I so I knew her from Empire Records, which was her first movie. Yeah. And then I think she did this. So this was like her big, like, coming out movie. She did a good job. Being I'm... a young actress and, you know, she was like 21 when she did it. Wow, that's and crazy. She up, again, up against Bruce Willis. I mean, mm, yeah. I Bruce Willis as a dad. And I'm surprised, like, I'm sure she's had a successful career, but I'm surprised that she's not like a mainstay you know, like in movies still. I mean, I don't know what she like went on, on to do. She's on a show on Fox right now. Is she, is she still on 911 Lone Star or yeah. whatever? Is that it? Yeah. Okay. She does that now. But after Armageddon, she did a bunch of movies. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. I mean, and she was in another one with Ben Affleck too. She played his love interest in, in Jersey Girl too. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. That's cool. Oh, and they have really good chemistry. Like her and Ben Affleck have great chemistry. Um, her and Bruce well, Willis. Even how she calls her, how she calls him Harry at the beginning of the movie, because you don't really know it's her dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a good call. She did a really good job against Bruce Willis. Mm. Definitely, definitely. Don, what did you think? Yeah, just I, I think exactly the same. She was just able to handle Bruce Willis really well. She's a really, really confident young woman. I've grown up on like oil rigs and with all these people and they've, they've kind of helped raise me. So w- what did you expect kind of thing? And, you know, and, and he, he has to play the you're an employee card because it doesn't work that you're the, the, the playing the daughter card doesn't work. So, um, yeah, he's like, well, you're an employee and I'm sending you back to shore like on the next transport. Or or even when the um, people come, the Japanese um, company comes and she's like speaking Japanese to them. You know, yeah, like, I know what I'm doing. It's my job. Yeah. 
yeah exactly having a row with him whilst talking japanese and showing them around this oil rig and stuff so it's just like yeah she's she's got like really good handle of everything in the situation she knows what she's doing and she's you know she's good uh, i think she's a really good character she does emotion so well like the crying was brilliant um and the the scenes with like the the chemistry like you're saying with ben affleck is just really like sweet isn't it loving scenes the scene with them in the back of the the rocket in, in like uh kennedy space center or wherever they are you know and and i found it really awkward and bruce willis and harry goes and like stares at them for a minute i'm like look away man come on <laughs> like be angry about it but be angry about it not staring at them um and then he does eventually walk off but yeah it, it, it was good and um you know she's she's okay at the end well, Quite happy, I mean. There's the the moment, yeah, the iconic moment that was in the the music video as well, where she's like got her hand on the the screen when she's just been speaking to Harry, and uh, it's like static and stuff like that's very iconic. Okay, can we talk about that for one second? Yeah, where where the end of the movie when she's talking to Bruce Willis, and it's like perfect like video and audio and it's totally fine but the entire movie they can't get in touch with nasa <laughs> that's true that's true yes yeah it's like better quality than what we've got going on right now and he's in fucking space <laughs> <laughs> on a moving object as well <laughs> yeah yeah so true well okay i'm just unconscious of time and there's still so many characters i want to talk about should we should we go into the the meat of it of Bruce Willis? Um, I I know that there's some facts and trivia around this, but this was you were saying about Sarah about Michael Bay signing a deal with Disney. I know that Bruce Willis did the same, and it's something around to do with that he pulled out of a movie partway through filming, and he just like wasn't feeling it, wasn't feeling the director or whatever it may be, and he was like, "I'm not doing the movie. I'm not doing it. Like I'm not feeling it." And they said, "Okay, we'll book. Then we'll get you out, but you have to do a free picture deal with Disney or with you know whoever." And uh, and he did, and he ended up making some of the best movies of his career, which was Armageddon, The Sixth Sense. Uh, one other i can't remember what the other one was but another like big one and i think on uh this movie he had like points or something it wasn't just that he got paid his salary he also got like points at the box office and he ended up making millions <laughs> absolute <laughs> millions and uh from all accounts i think bruce willis is like a wonderful human being uh so i'm not saying that he's saying that that he was like a diva or anything i think he just wasn't feeling whatever that project was but he is so good in this um and he and like some of his speeches like he's quite understated as an actor i think like he can deliver quite heartfelt emotion without it being over dramatic like i could imagine another actor kind of shouting some of the lines that he says more calmly and i think there's a real power in that in him being able to harness and hold your attention what 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 do you guys think uh, i think i think you're right i think like post die hard everybody thought he was just this action hero and that's all that he could do um but that's not the case at all you know he's actually very funny like in terms of comedy and stuff and doing emotion the sixth sense was like completely different wasn't it from from anything um 
that that we'd kind of expect to see him in, like post Die Hard as well. So, yeah, I think you know, people tend to forget he was in Moonlighting um, with is it what's her name, Sybil Shepherd? Is it? Yeah. So he's in Moonlighting with Sybil Shepherd, which is a comedy, and he's funny, and he's, they're like investigators or detectives or something. I can't quite remember, but they like, and that was a funny show, uh, and he was really good in that. And then, you know, it was a surprise that he did Die Hard, wasn't it? He wasn't expected because he wasn't like the Arnold Schwarzenegger or Sylvester Stallone type. And then post that, it's like he should only really be doing those kind of films, but it's not the case at all, yeah. But I thought he's great in this. Uh, you know, he's he's just, he is that perfect, like, I've got, he's got that such a stern look about him that if you sneezed in the wrong way in his presence, you'd shit yourself if he looked at you, you know. Um yeah, I just think he's he's he was the perfect person to play the part. Yeah, I can't think of someone else who could have been that character. Yeah, same. And and that we have to talk, let's, let's talk about it now's the time. So he uh, AJ draw, and we'll talk about AJ in a minute as a character. But he draws the short straw, and Harry, like you said earlier, Sarah pulls like the air, the oxygen, whatever it is, and you know puts him back in the capsule and uh aj saying no harry you know it's my job and he's saying look not you know your job is to look after my daughter now and um you know give this to truman gives him the patch and uh you know he steps up to the plate um i i wish it's probably hard to remember now i mean because you know this was a long time ago but did you did you know that that was going to happen sarah can you remember i did I feel I totally when when he got the short straw, I'm like, oh, he's Bruce Willis is not going to let him die. Because then his daughter would never forgive him. And he also says, I always thought of you as a son, though, you know, two hours ago within the movie time, I was trying to kill you with a shotgun. <laughs> but forget about that. You know, families quarrel. Um, Dom, do you remember? Did you or do you think it was obvious that Bruce was going to step in? I mean, I think it's quite obvious, yeah. I think anyone watching it, like with fresh eyes, will will see that coming. Um, but yeah, when he says, "I've always thought of you as a son," it would have been brilliant. Be like, "I've always thought of you as a son." Bit incestuous, but <laughs> send him back in the ship. See you later, mate. Um, but he doesn't. It's uh, it's a touching moment, but yeah, I, I think we all kind of expected it and saw it coming. But yeah, imagine if he Chick hadn't. Knew, Chick knew it was coming too. Yeah, Chick, he tried to stop it, didn't he? But imagine, imagine if it if it hadn't. He'd gone down with him, went, I'm going to see him. I'm going to see him out. And he went, right, see you later. Thanks, AJ. <laughs> yeah. Got back got, got back in the ship. was like, well, that's done. Let's go. <laughs> and I left him to it. Thanks for the good times, kid. But, you know, yeah. my daughter will miss you, but she'll move on. <laughs> but I won't. <laughs> uh, he, um... Uh, uh, oh God, and we have we haven't even got there yet. I'm gonna have to push MJ back. I don't care, Dom. We need to do a bit more. But the um the the the, the whole part with with the bomb. I mean, we haven't we haven't even spoken about the drilling. I mean, the drilling after ten feet, Sarah, the drill head was dead. But did Harry? You know, did. Did it throw him? No, he stayed calm, even though the colonel's there. And the there. transmission blew also mm. after 50 feet. Right. I mean, but yet he manages to stay calm. I mean, talk to us a bit about his character in these moments and his leadership. Well, he had to calm everyone else down. I mean, the colonel was ready to, like, 
kill all of them, you know, with the whole secondary protocol coming from, you know, and then with the president and they're like, just, they're just going to blow up the nuke and whatever happens, happens. But he was calm through the entire thing and had to calm everyone else down. And he knew he was going to do it. Absolutely. He knew he was going to hit 800 feet. That, I mean, he sweared to God that he would, and he fucking did. We had to add that. AJ did, but yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, Dom, talk to us about that moment when he finally trusts AJ, but also include the build-up to the fact that he didn't trust AJ in the beginning, and he did reckless maneuvers that led to AJ having his own oil yard very quickly, within a few days, it seemed. But, you know, <laughs> went back to Harry. Talk to us about that, please, while I... Send this link to MJ and ask her to wait an extra fifteen minutes. I mean, I think I think you summed it up perfectly. Like AJ has been a bit reckless. Obviously, knows his stuff, but doesn't quite listen to instructions and and feels like he knows better. It's kind of classic, like younger person syndrome on the uh, on the rig kind of thing. I think in the oil fields, though, he's got Harry's name still on him like what whatever his surname the name of his company stamper. Stamper. he's stamper. still wearing stamper stuff so um i think it's like harry's um oil bricks or whatever anyway um yeah i think there's just that moment and then this is the the exact moment of trust i mean to be fair if um he's gonna trust him with his daughter he should trust him with this this asteroid show um i think it's i think it's fair um, but that was that was about it, really. Yeah, you summed it up perfectly yourself. Well, he also didn't, you know, when he was going to blow the transmission during training also, he didn't listen to him at all. Yeah. And they were yeah. like, take control of your men. In the underwater yeah. bit, yes. Which um, I also, I think, heard on the commentary that when they were, when Michael Bay was trying to put this together, he wanted NASA to look cool and modern and slick and etc etc and they uh, i think nasa were like yeah this is really cool but we don't have a budget like this <laughs> we don't have this kind of equipment and whatever but and it kind of reminded me of apollo 13 which must that came before this right yes where they have the operation room in Apollo 13 and with all of the monitors and stuff and they're trying to put together okay what do they have on the ship what can we do to you know you know we covered that on the podcast as well anyone that's listening uh what did you say earlier dom scroll back scroll back yeah scroll down keep going it's down there you somewhere know, find it chris ellis is in that too no he's, he's the guy oh yeah you said jesus he's in apollo 13 as well he's in this guy's in everything i'm telling you and colt from free ninjas is in apollo 13 <laughs> have you seen apollo 13 sarah yeah that i have yes and Tom Hanks, nice. which obviously Dom loves. Tom Hanks. So. Kevin Bacon. <laughs> and Kevin Bacon. And Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Kevin Bacon. Okay, so wait, anything else we need to say on Bruce Willis and Harry Stamper? Oh, the bomb. Of course, the bomb going off. He has the whole moment of the movie like that I quoted at the beginning with the colonel of, hey, there is some. there are people telling you what to do 100,000 miles away right now but I believe I can do this. I can make 800 feet. I've never missed my mark. I mean, that delivery on that speech alone just makes this movie incredible. That's the sort of speech that I'll just watch on YouTube and just watch that bit and feel like, okay, I'm ready to do my emails now. I'm inspired for my day. Sarah, come on. I know you've watched it on YouTube too. Tell me you have. 
I don't, I don't think I have. No, but I stop every time it's on a channel. Whenever it's, I will stop and watch. The 800 I also, seat. I also like that he remembered to send the patch back for mm. Truman. Like literally, he's like, I'm gonna die, but give this to Billy Bob. And he just ripped it <laughs> off as well. Like that shit was embroidered. You know, that's probably like <laughs> it's probably tough to rip, rip off. In in a glove, in a really big glove. <laughs> in space. <laughs> You got no grip, <laughs> no gravity, nothing going on, no friction. <laughs> Who knows what's going on? Well, Dom, let's let's talk about. Wait, did you love that speech or did you hate the speech? Did you come on? Were you thinking oh, yes? Love, love the speech, perfect. It's like right things to say at the right time with the right emphasis. He's the man. He is the man. Okay, then talk to us about Truman. But Billy Bob Thornton, who then was seeing this, I'm like, if you did, were you ever not old? Like, as in, like, <laughs> he was like gray in this. I know it's different. He's like got like a, he doesn't have like a limp. He's got something, a, something going on with his leg, right? That's why he can't. On his leg, yeah. yeah. But I mean, I guess that makes, kind of makes it feel like, oh, he's aged up a little bit. But, um, He's kind of also the heart of this. I mean, even at the very beginning when the, the the astronaut that's in space gets hit with the first kind of shards of the meteor that goes on and almost kills Eddie Griffin, but instead, like, kills the guy that he was being rude to. Let's get that straight. Eddie Griffin was being rude to this other guy, and then that guy died. Anyway... Dom, well, you the think? guy was being mean to the dog, so you know. But the dog was gay, was at his merchandise. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, yes. All right, Dom, what did you think of Truman and Billy Bob in this? I'm gonna be totally honest. Oh my god, I'm gonna be brutally honest. Oh but, no, but, no, no. Hold on, hold on. I can't help but think he's the best character in the film. Mm. I actually, if this script was given to me and I was reading through it and they said, you could pick who you want to be, because this is a question I want to ask both of you as well. You can pick who you're going to be. I would pick him. I would want to be him, his character. I thought he was brilliant. I thought he did it really well as well. Like Billy Bob Thornton is like, again, like good, good at this sort of thing. Very fast paced kind of talking. Got to get the words out. Got to make my point. If I don't, you know, and when other people can't get their words out, like the guy, right, if someone who hasn't had too much coffee, you know, jump in for him because he's winding me up. But basically, total devastation. This is the this shit that's going to happen. You've got to dumb things down for dumb people. So, like, the president doesn't understand when you say that this thing is a certain amount of, you know, distance long. He wants to know, it, like, in relative terms. So, it's the size of fucking Texas. There's all just all of these things were, were so good. And my 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 top line in the film... Uh, the third line that I have written down was was one of his lines, and it was when they're talking about monitoring the sky. And he's like, "We monitor about three percent of the sky." I'm begging your pardon, sir. It's a big ass sky. <laughs> and I thought it was just a what a perfect line. But I thought he was great, and I think his character is brilliant. He he has always wanted to go to space, couldn't go because of his, you know, situation, injury, whatever it might be. Um, that's always been his dream and desire. But he's involved with the space program and is like the main man of operations on the ground. And yeah. He he gets shit done and then like does cheeky things in the background when the general's trying to blow shit up too early and yeah he's he's the main man in my eyes I, I thought he's the best character. 
forgot about the general as well. That dude is in so many things as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he plays a dick quite a lot as well, I think. Maybe it's just something he's good at. And Sarah, what did you think of Truman and Billy Bob in this? I won't say I thought he was the best, but I thought he was really, really good. Oh, so who do you think is the best? And we have to know that now. I kind of like Steve Buscemi. Oh, yeah. I think between Rockhound and Lev, like, the movie wouldn't have been the movie if those guys weren't in it. Uh, agreed. He totally. also has a great moment when, and we'll get to William Fickner in a minute, to the colonel, when he's like, him and the other guy are like doing the bomb and he's just going, do a good job, do a good job. <laughs> it's like all of that stuff. Um, it's brilliant. Okay. If so you if you, if if you're getting the script, let us both you. If you're getting the script, scripts being landed. I know we haven't covered the colonel yet, but um, if the scripts landed in front of you, who who are you picking? Who are you gonna play? Who well, would you want to be? There's many females to choose from. You could be male. I would pick Rockhound. Nice. Simon. Wait, is is Rockhound Steve Buscemi? Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. yeah. Um, oh yeah, I mean that's that's a great character. Uh maybe aj maybe i'd go but then he, oh, really? he cries a lot though at that point and that'd be hard so convinced you were gonna pick bruce Stamper, like straight away yeah, yeah i mean uh, so obvious though the tension whore that i am but <laughs> 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 yeah it would either be him or aj maybe owen wilson would be a fun one to play though like i'm here for the ride but then you die too soon yeah you die a bit quick he died quick. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Truman, those also get. Yeah, there's many. There's many. There's many. But I'd probably go AJ off to the top. And let, let's go to AJ because we haven't. Um, we've spoken a lot around him. Uh, but I think Ben Affleck does a really good job in this. Like he and his chemistry with Bruce Willis is great, and he plays that kind of cheeky, uh, you know, uh, cocky really well really well as sarah you said you're as a fan of him particularly at this point was that what sort of drew you to him as that kind of cockiness or arrogance yeah in this character absolutely and he was hot too so that okay. <laughs> there it is there it is and dom what about what about you how do you think of aj and ben affleck uh yeah I, I think again he's a he's a decent character he's kind of like um that necessary kind of not so evil nemesis to to Bruce Willis like the the counterpart although um Grace is like the perfect counterpart to to Bruce he's kind of like the thorn in his side and has to be there for Grace to be the perfect counterpart so um he is the character is very necessary and Ben Affleck does it does it very well he's he's the young beautiful heartthrob isn't he that's just what he is and everybody wants him to survive because he's young beautiful ben affleck so yeah he fits the bill he, he did the job he needed to do and did it did it very well agreed and so let's <laughs> talk about the colonel yes <laughs> william fickner who also now realizing connecting the michael bay dots was also uh in the michael bay teenage mutant ninja turtles um he was in that as well so i wonder if that was like a they had a good connection or, or whatever. But he plays the colonel so well with playing the kind of like 
the straight edge, the actual, like I'm the actual astronaut that's been through all of the training and, you know, this is kind of what he does. And just at the drop of a hat was willing to sacrifice himself um, to like blow up or himself and everybody else there to detonate the nuke, even though it wasn't at 800 feet. Um, and then he has that great interaction with Bruce Willis. And what I love is his broken voice when, and I don't know if he's doing it because he's just had like the clamp around his neck, but the whole like, you know, he makes that scene as much as Bruce Willis does. It's like the perfect counterbalance. He is awesome. Sarah, and, do you agree or not that bothered? Yeah, I, I enjoyed at the beginning before they left when, when all the guys from the oil rig are walking in, he's like, talk about the wrong stuff. <laughs> yeah. His yeah. little pun on astronauts. Yeah, there's a little bit of hierarchy going on. Yeah, but eventually he came around, so he did the right thing. And even when, when Harry wanted the guys to go out the night before and and he's like, we have to leave in 12 hours. And he's like, well, don't you want to spend, you know, the, your last minutes with your kids and, you know, let these guys do what they want to do. I think at that moment it was, he's like, okay, I guess I can trust this guy a little bit. Yeah, exactly. What did, and what did you think of him, Dom? Yeah, he was great. Again, he's, he's that kind of character that you want him to like, just listen, just listen to what the people around you are saying um, because it's really important, but he's very like uh, military, isn't he? I, I need to listen to, you know, what my superiors are saying. This is what needs to be done. And, you know, it takes a lot of convincing, um, but he's, he's really decent. Like as an actor, he's really good. He's, he's in loads of stuff as well. Um, I think he's in a new film with Ben Affleck that's coming out very soon. I, I don't know what it's called. But they're but they're both in that uh, they're both in a film that's coming out soon if it's not out already, um, and yeah, he's just he's just again he's this sort of guy that's in loads of stuff turns up appears, does his job and and does it really well and, and as a character I, I really like the 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 character of the colonel I think he was just solid he's just that that solid person he's just like I'm not gonna fuck things up the other colonel in the other ship that that gets killed was just like. Okay, you can you can die. That's fine. <laughs> You're a bit irritating. You don't really have any respect or, or care for these people at all. And he doesn't at first because he like obviously he says you're the worst thing to happen to NASA like ever. Yeah. Um, but um, is very quick to kind of eat his words and listen to to old Harry and just get shit done. But yeah, quality. That was one effect that was bad after the um the independence went down. Oh, and the bodies hit. And the bodies are coming towards. Yeah, I was like, that's really bad. Yeah. It's so good. Oh, yeah. Such a yeah, good shout. Definitely a good shout. I noticed that one as well. Um, the other person we haven't spoken about was uh, is Max, who's kind of like the, the chubbier guy. Um, that I mean, Getting his mom tattoo. He's getting the mom tattoo. Um he's not happy when the woman wants to give him like the massive injection. Um, <laughs> yeah. And he, he gets like blown up in the first armadillo, right? Yeah. So there you go. Oh, he was in, he yeah. was in home alone. Apparently who was he in home so, alone? He, I think he was the brother. That's crazy. I'm looking. No, his Santa, his Santa that's um, like smoking. 
that's cool. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> if you put that in me, if you put that in me, I'm going to stab you in the heart with it. Yeah. <laughs> that's what he says with the injection because it's like huge. Wait, what about Michael Clark Duncan taking off his robe and get on the table in his like zebra striped underwear? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, I think the only person we haven't spoken about is the general, uh, General Kimsey, who's played by Keith David, who's in literally this guy is in so many things he was in the thing uh he was in the princess and the, the voice and his a voice in the princess and the frog he was in um a movie that like scarred me uh when i watched it as like a teenager uh what's it called with jared leto and uh, dark hair she was just in the new top gun she must have been in the original Top Gun. Through Jennifer Connelly? Yes. Yeah, Jennifer Connelly. What's it called? It's going to annoy me so much. I'm, I'm looking. Jennifer. Well, whilst you're looking that up, we didn't talk about Jason Isaacs as well, who is the smartest man on the planet. So there you go. He was, he had like quite a small part. This must have been quite early Jason Isaacs oh, stuff as well. Oh, when he said so. something about... Um, that he went to college with the guy and he got a C minus. The other guy got <laughs> a C minus. In yeah. That, yeah. That's yeah. So. That guy is great. He he's wonderful. And also the guy at the beginning that spots the meteor that names it after his wife because she's like a <laughs> blood sucking <laughs> bitch or whatever he he says. Uh, yeah. Is Requiem for a Dream? Have you guys seen? Oh Requiem for a dream? right. Yeah. Years no. and years ago. Oh my God. That's it, a messed up movie. <laughs> so messed up. So messed up. It gets an 8.3 here on IMDb, but it's so horrible. It's like basically Dom, it's like drugs and what happens if if you do hard drugs and get into that life and it's just not it's not good for anybody. Watched it once, we'll never watch it again. Um but yeah, he's in that as well uh yeah i mean it's, it was interesting it, that the guy who played the president was like nobody yes and we had like a fake tony blair as well for the british prime minister with a bit of a mullet which <laughs> <laughs> was hilarious Classic. oh we didn't mention that paris gets wiped out as well as uh is it somewhere in china yes beijing uh maybe it was beijing well and new york city too Yes, yeah, but New York what? Gets, well, doesn't get compl- uh, is is okay, but like Paris is just eradicated, like it's off the. I just like to say that what was quite funny is when it was being announced that this asteroid is heading to Earth and it's gonna it's like total destruction. Like everyone in America is watching on TVs. They're even standing outside a store that's like full of TVs. They're at home watching it on TV. It's on TV, TV, TV. Head to France. They're all on a tiny radio or a little speaker. <laughs> or they're all huddled around like a little boom box. And it's like none of them have a TV. They're all like in a cafe with a radio is playing. And, you know, this is, we're going to find out. We're going to die. You know? <laughs> it's just like. There is no television. In <laughs> we have no television. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it made me laugh. I just thought that was a good, a good. Uh, Michael Bay's note. like, they don't have TVs in France. You don't get it. Yeah, they don't happen over there. <laughs> this film Europe. won't be aired over there. Not in Europe. <laughs> they don't know. Time's different. Yeah, exactly. It's fine. Probably flipped to England and then someone's sitting there with a pipe. 
I don't know what's yeah. going on. It's okay. <laughs> oh my god, there's a we'll big, be fine. There's a big stone coming to Earth. Is there? <laughs> It'll skim right off, Susan. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, Susan, bring the bring through the tea and the digestives. Um. Okay. Sorry, Sarah. Right, let's <laughs> move on. <laughs> moving right along. Anything we didn't hit, we're going to hit in judgments. We're not going to do full judgments. We're just going to do our ratings. But first, if you enjoyed, and it's a big if, but really, honestly, think about it. You shouldn't have to think about it. It should be hitting you like a meteor the size of Texas coming towards your face. (laughs) If you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. And how could you not? Check us out, ravenshoops.net. Why, Dom? Because basketballs go through hoops but sarah they also go through nets ravenshoops.net sarah on the movies as you hopefully will remember from when you've been on for the screen podcast we just do two ratings just simple out of 10 you do a subjective rating for what it means to you personally and then your objective rating thinking of it with your film critic hat on from the perspective of being in 2023 what would be your two numbers out of 10 10 and 10 perfect scores <laughs> it's one of my favorite movies and it will it, always it be up. it's just there. Yeah. so how how many would is this something that you think you'd watch like a couple times a year at least kind of thing i mean maybe in the past couple of years i haven't watched it but i've seen it well over 30 times like if I didn't watch it yesterday, I still could have done the whole podcast and quoted it. Excellent, love it, Dom. Subjective, objective. What you got? I think subjective rating for me is it doesn't hold as much like personal a kind of ammo for me as it does for for the two of you. So I think I'd give it a seven, um, which I think is fair. I think you know it's it's in the. It's a it's a great it's a great film. I do enjoy it, but it's again it's not it's not one that would make a top ten or top twenty list of of mine or like go to to watch films. But it's it's entertaining and I will watch it. Um, when it comes to objective, I do think it is the best disaster movie uh, out there. I do think it's well done. I think the cast is fantastic. So I'm going to give it a nine. It's good. Yeah. What about you? That's no nine point nine nine nine. That's two. That's two movies. That's interesting. There's two movies where you've gone lower on the subjective and higher on the objective, which is uh, mm. which is interesting. I mean, I'm with Sarah. It's perfect tens for both. I mean, subjectively, <laughs> this is this a hundred percent is a top ten movie for me. Uh, like I bought some uh, laser discs just for the artwork of some of my favorite films to like put up in my garage of like my last house they're now in a cupboard to like wait till we redo the garage so i can put it up in there um and it was one of the first ones i went to to like get the artwork for because i love it um it's up there with like speed and con air and face off it just sits in there perfectly with like 90s action love it uh, and objectively i also it's just perfect like i love i know I, I love how i'm being manipulated with the camera moving slow motion <laughs> american flag i'm not american but i'm like i'll fucking die for that flag like it just it doesn't he it just it 
emotes emotion and if that's not what movies and tv shows are all about then what are we even doing this for so love it thank you armageddon thank you sarah for the jacket for the press packet i love it and i've really loved this conversation i will go as far as to say that i feel like this is one of my favorite podcast episodes that we've ever done not just because of the subject matter but just it's just been fun i've enjoyed it so thank you sarah for coming on it's always a joy to have you join us dom thank you always for being here another one in the books how are we gonna finish this off sarah what who should dom be impersonating from this wonderful cast well uh, the, the russian cosmonaut <laughs> funny enough i actually had one for you because I, I thought you could do it as the the 800 feet speech oh, but oh, we've got to we, we've got to make yeah but we've got to make we've got to make three numbers and it's one two three ravens you know well oh, you could do well, your, can you do the 800 words. feet speech as the russian guy into the ravens let's put all the hands together no <laughs> okay is the answer okay well then <laughs> um okay okay well we had to make this podcast in 90 minutes but it turned into being an hour and 45 (laughs) (laughs) and if we didn't all of our listeners would be gone (laughs) but i need to hear ravens on free i swear to god i do There's only 42 seconds left on this bottle. <laughs> so, <laughs> Ravens on three. One, two. Who brings a gun to space? Three. The Ravens. <laughs> you are crazy, Ravens. <laughs> yes. Perfect.